0: Last week's episode on Vanished. Our other big story tonight, Tohono Ota Nation declared today, February 14th, in honor of the missing and murdered indigenous women and girls. Almost 6,000 indigenous women and girls were murdered or went missing in 2016. Welcome back to another week's episode. I'm your host, Mackenzie Carr, and this is Vanished, a mysterious podcast by MC News. On this episode, we'll be talking about the stories behind missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls. Before we begin, I would like to give a huge thanks to today's sponsor, Native Women's Association of Canada, an organization to help gain rights and to help protect the safety of all Indigenous women and young girls. You can visit their website at nwac.ca to check out what they do to help and donate today. Could you imagine waking up one day, opening a letter, and reading a family member, loved one, or even friend has gone missing or has died, and not knowing the answers? What really happened? Where are they now if they are still here? And how did it all start? That is the reality for Indigenous women, and it has been for the past 75 years. Why Indigenous? Why women and why are they always in more danger than Caucasian people has been the question for so many years from people all around the world. There are many additional problems due to the colonization and prejudice towards indigenous women. The national crime centers show and report that there has been 5,000 missing indigenous women every year since 2016, and it is proven that women in all cultures have been the target of violence more than men. Caitlin Potts, a First Nation Cree Indigenous mother who has been missing since February 22, 2016, and has still never been found. What happened to her? Is she still out there somewhere, or is she gone forever? This is the devastating story of Caitlin Potts. Let's talk about her life before she went missing. When Caitlin was just 11 years old, she was put into foster care because of this. She had developed trust and attachment issues, but her mother said she tried her best to work through them. The Indigenous woman has a sister, a mother, and a father. According to Caitlin's loved ones, she was a bubbly, happy, outgoing person and loved to spend time with her friends and family. Although Caitlin was a very happy person, she did struggle with addiction. Before she was pronounced missing, she had just went through rehab and was sober free. She was a hardworking girl, said her mother, and she never gave up on the things she cared about. With that being said, Caitlin was in an on-and-off relationship with a boy named Jason Hunetiuk. The relationship was described as abusive and harmful. She was involved with uh, um, a man (laughs) and uh, they were, you know, doing things that they, getting into things that they shouldn't have gotten into and whatever and the relationship wasn't good at all. (laughs) Caitlin had been spotted a couple of times by her sister, Cody, with bruises from him, so Cody and her family knew she wasn't in a healthy relationship. Her family talked to her about her relationship many of times, but she refused to listen. Time went by and later on in her life, Jason and Caitlin both moved to British Columbia, which is where the Highway of Tears is located. Many people ask why it is named such an eerie name, but the Highway of Tears, which refers to a long, Yellowhead highway. 16 in british columbia where many girls have been picked up while hitchhiking home and taken or killed this highway is part of a national crisis of missing and murdered indigenous women while in bc jason was arrested and caitlin was sent to stay and live at a woman's shelter in salmon arm british columbia while she was living there, Caitlin realized she had to try to better her life, and she did, and started employ- employment at Tim Hortons and became good friends with another woman who was her roommate. Later, Jason was set free, and they both started to reconnect with their relationship, which probably wasn't their best choice. According to Cody, Caitlin had called her the night before she went missing about Jason and how she was upset because he had owed her money which most likely led to a fight. The next morning, leading down to the hour she went missing, her sister had received a text message reading she was going to travel to Calgary with a ride she'd found on the site of Kajiji." And after that message was sent out, that is the last time anyone heard from her, and she vanished. What do you think happened to her? Is she gone forever? Could you ever imagine being Caitlin's mother and thinking for the rest of your life, what led her to this? Could you have made a difference in her disappearance? disappearance there are so many questions out there and who knows if they will ever be solved waiting for answers um i'm i can't i'm still sitting here wondering what where she is <laughs> Four years later, on March 1, 2016, there was an RCMP missing persons report sent out and Caitlin's family stated it was very unheard of for Caitlin to not be in touch with any family or friends for a long amount of time. Caitlin's mother took the disappearance of her daughter into her own hands and got a group together to conduct a search, but the mystery was still remained unsolved and no evidence was found after the search in October 2016, they held a remembrance ceremony with all friends and family for the missing girl, where they sang songs and celebrated the life they had with her. It began with songs and a prayer for 27-year-old Caitlin Potts, a young First Nations woman who went missing from the Enderby area in February. Members of the Splatseen First Nation had gathered for a day-long search through trails and along waterways, hoping for a sign of the missing woman. Years later, so many people had their opinions on what they think happened to Caitlyn, but we will never find the real and true story. What do you think happened to Caitlyn Potts? This is reality for so many women nowadays, and it needs to stop. How are women supposed to feel safe walking down the street or doing the things they love, hearing and reading about all these traumatic stories and articles? For all of the women out there that don't have the protection walking down a street, we are going to step in and help make this problem that has been going on for way too long now vanish. Many Indigenous communities, groups, and organizations have long called to action many of years ago due to the high disproportionate rates of violence of missing and murdered Indigenous women in Canada. Also shown, the homicide rate for Indigenous women was nearly seven times higher than the rate for non-Indigenous women. This continuous tragedy affects all Indigenous, no matter who they are. To help, you can visit the websites niwrg.org. Anything helps, and getting the word out will make our world a better and more safe place. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Make sure you turn into next week's episode as well.